If you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and open them up. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25. If you need a Bible, uh, Shannon will be walking out the aisle. You just raise your hand and he will give you, give you one. Uh, you are welcome to keep that. You can take it with you, give it to somebody, or if you need to return it, you are welcome to just drop that back off at our next step table. So just raise your hand, let him know you need one, and he'll get one to you. So Matthew chapter 25 is where we're going to be this morning. As you make your way there, I do want to make note of a couple of things this morning uh, for us. Next week, on Sunday, February the 26th, we're going to be having our three-year celebration as a church, and so at... Uh, After church, we'll have dinner out in the cafe area, uh, cafeteria, uh, just on the other side of the school building. And uh, church will be providing uh, the barbecue and the drinks. And then we're asking everybody else to provide uh, just a covered dish. You bring that, and it's going to be a fantastic day as we gather together uh, to uh, celebrate what God's done in the history of our church In the short history that it is, it seems like yesterday that we just started. And, uh, but man, it's the three years has flown by. We're excited about what the Lord's doing and excited about that opportunity to celebrate next week. Another thing to make mention is on March the 23rd, it's a Thursday evening at 6 30 at the Gratis Community Center. Uh, Gratis Church and Statham Community Church in partnership are going to be hosting a ladies' night out or a women's gathering, and on that particular night, Lisa, our very own, my very own, is going to be speaking, and she's going to be talking about her story of adoption and then being reunited with her uh, birth mother, and if you've never heard Lisa's story, uh, one, that's probably my fault for not just saying, here, Lisa, you take a Sunday and you talk and, and telling everybody your story, but um, many of you have heard her story. If you haven't, it is an incredible story of uh, redemption, uh, of God's grace, um, just the tremendous blessing that, that adoption is and, uh, and then being reunited uh, with the one that gave her up uh, for adoption. So that day, March 23rd, that evening, is going to be our Ladies Night Out with Gratis Church. And like I said, it's going to be over at the Gratis Community Center. So put that down. Invite a friend. We're just, it's, a, it's a free event. We're asking you guys to uh, bring an appetizer and a guest. All right. So you'll see more about that uh, later on uh, as we get closer to that. I think there's going to be an evite that goes out, and that'll be uh, something that you'd be able to respond to. So March 23rd, Ladies' Night Out. Mark that down on your calendar. You don't want to miss that. Okay? All right. So, uh, Matthew chapter 25 is where we are going to be. Now, last week I introduced to you our five focuses for 2017 as a church. And, our, and, I, and I also reviewed what our mission and what our vision is. Our mission is to be global witnesses empowered by the Spirit until Jesus comes. And our vision is to impact the world for Jesus by making disciples and planting churches. And what, so what goes into that is, okay, how do we accomplish the mission? How do, we, how do we fulfill that? How do we live out the vision that God has given to us? And there are five things that God's given to us that we're going to be hitting on this year. Those five things are prayer, because prayer is the greater work of any church, okay? 
Uh, it's, not, it's, not just the, the, it's not the programs, it's not anything like that, but prayer is the greater work because what we do is supernatural. It's a spiritual act uh, that we gather together. It's something spiritual that we do each and every day as we live out the mission and the vision of God's church. So prayer has to be the greater work. I also talked about our children's ministry, that that being a focus, that we were going to staff our children's ministry with volunteers and paid staff so that we can put more of an investment in our kids' ministry, all right? Uh, we need, there, are, there are nearly a thousand children that walk the halls of this school every single day of the school year. And there's really no reason that we should not be reaching more children. So, but we need people. We need people that are uh, paid staff. We need people that are volunteer staff that, that can help get that vision moving. All right. So we're going to be focused on our children's ministry. A uh, couple of three others. One is uh, orphan care and foster care. We're going to be talking about that today. My friend Scott Dakin is here with us, and we're going to introduce him in just a few minutes and uh, hear more about how we can get plugged into a local ministry right here in, in Barrow County with uh, orphan care and foster care missions. Being a part of uh, our World Changers trip that's coming up for our students heading back to Birmingham this year. A Romania mission partnership by training pastors and missionaries over there, as well as, man, I would love to see a World Changers project where we have students and adults and multiple churches all around that uh, are involved in a, in a mission that has a direct impact uh, right here in our own community, uh, where students and adults go into a community and Re, not only just rebuild and repair homes, but they rebuild and help repair lives and where people's lives are at. So missions is another one. And then five is on compelling others to come to the party. And what I mean by that is in Luke chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus talks about the story of the master who tells his servants, he says, I want you to go into the highways and to the byways and go and compel them to come so that my house may be full. The master was putting on a banquet. He was putting on a party, and he wanted his house filled with people that were, uh, that were enjoying that moment. And that is God's heart. God's heart is that his house may be filled. Not just this house, but his house. Not just little C church, but big C church. Okay, We're talking about, we're talking about God's church, not just our own. And God is calling us to be compelling other people to come to the party, to come to the banquet so that his house may be filled. So those are our five focuses of 2017 as we move ahead in this ministry called Statham Community Church. Now, before we get to talking about orphan care and foster care today, it's important that we understand the why behind the what, okay? It's important that we understand the why behind the what. Now, the what is caring for orphans. And we can look in the scripture, and it says in the scripture that true religion is this, that you care for widows and orphans. It's there. It's in the, in the book of James. So that's the what, caring for orphans. But the why is because God modeled it, and the Bible says it. God modeled it, and the Bible says it. Now, out of our six non-negotiables for State of Community Church, one of those six non-negotiables 
is that we're going to embed the Scripture in everything we do. Therefore, we're not going to do something just because it makes us feel good or because it sounds good. No, we're going to do something. We're going to act because the Bible says it and it honors the Lord. The church, what God has put together, the church is built so that hands of hope can offer hope to those who are suffering. It's the way the church is designed. God designed it so that hands of hope can be offered to those who are suffering. In short, here you can put it in this, in this phrase right here. It'll be right here on the screen. You can put it in this. Saved people serve people. Saved people serve people. So in Matthew chapter 25, let's take a look at what Jesus talks about starting in verse 31 through 46. Here we go. The Bible says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and He will put the goats on His left. Then the king will say to those who are on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer, and they will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and then go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then he will say to those on his left, he says, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? And then he will reply, he says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So what we see in this passage is we see Jesus speaking. This is Jesus' words. And what he is doing is he is referring to himself as the Son of Man, and he is foretelling of his imminent return. Now, what's interesting about this passage of Scripture is that this is all pre-crucifixion and pre-resurrection. So here's Jesus claiming that he is the Son of Man. He's claiming that he's going to come back, which means that he's got to leave. He's also portraying himself as the shepherd, and he is proclaiming himself as the authority, as king. 
So he's the son of man, he's portrayed as a shepherd, and he is proclaiming authority as king. And when we get to this point in here, he begins to talk about separating sheep from goats, and he compares the righteous and the unrighteous to sheep and goats. Anybody know what the main difference is, or some of the main differences are, between a sheep and a goat? There's several. There's several, but listen to this. Sheep are led by a shepherd. Goats, the goat herd follows behind the goats. Sheep follow the voice of the shepherd, and they trust him to lead them to food, safety, and water. Goats, on the other hand, they don't follow anybody. They don't follow anybody. That herd of goats is going to go where they please, and that goat herd is going to follow right behind them. It's going to follow right behind them. Sheep have a natural flocking instinct to them. Goats, they're a lot more independent. They're a lot more uh, on their own. They're kind of, the, if, you, if you like dogs, they're kind, of like, uh, the, they're kind of like Jack Russell Terriers with hooves on, is what they are. Now, upon Jesus' return, okay, upon his return, like a shepherd is going to separate the sheep from the goats because you don't really want them mating, all right, because what they produce is a sterile animal, not, so they produce something that's not productive or reproductive. So the shepherd is going to shep- separate the sheep from the goats. And as he does that, like a shepherd would do that, the king is going to come and he's going to separate the unrighteous from the righteous. He's going to separate the two. To the righteous, he's going to say to them, step into this eternity. Receive your inheritance, this heavenly kingdom that has been prepared for you since the creation of the world. So what we've been given as righteous people, man, God has been preparing that since the creation, since the foundation of the world. Now to the unrighteous, the Bible says that the king will separate them and he will cast them into an eternity that is prepared for Satan and his angels. That's really not a cool place to go. Literally, it's going to be hot. It's going to be an eternal death. The Bible refers to that as eternal separation. The Bible refers to that as as hell itself. Not a great place to go. But it's interesting that what Jesus does is that when pre-crucifixion, pre-resurrection, he claims that he's the son of man, he's going to leave, and he's going to come back. He portrays himself as a shepherd, and then as king, as the authority, he's going to separate the righteous from the unrighteous. Now, based on what the Bible says, based on what the Bible says, righteousness is only found and received by faith in Christ alone. That's it. Righteousness can only be attained from Jesus Christ, not by anything that we do. There's nothing that we can do. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 22, it says this, that this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Listen, if righteousness could be attained by any other way, if righteousness could be attained by any other way other than Christ's death, then Jesus' death would have been in vain. Now work with me here, okay? 
Listen, if righteousness could be attained in any other way, then Jesus' death would have been in vain, period. Not only that, but his birth would have been purposeless. There would have been no purpose for his birth. There would have been no way, no purpose for, for Jesus to come in the form of a man and be born. So there would be no purpose to his birth. His life would have been meaningless. His life might have had some impact on people's lives because he was a good man, but from a salvation standpoint, meaningless. If righteousness could be found in any other way, his life would have been absolutely meaningless. His death would have been senseless. Why in the world would anybody kill a good guy? Why? It would have been senseless. And his resurrection would have been powerless. Probably wouldn't even have happened. But his resurrection would have been powerless. If, if righteousness could be found in any other way, then everything about who Jesus was from birth to life to death to resurrection would have been purposeless, meaningless, senseless, and powerless. See, righteousness is only given through faith. And what follows, what follows our righteousness is kingdom work through service and acts of mercy. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We are, listen, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. It's not, it's not reversed. It's not I'm gonna I'm gonna do good works and try to earn salvation. It's not I'm gonna do good works and try to earn righteousness. No, that is that is that is reverse Christianity. It doesn't work. That's a, that's a good old boy type Christianity. It, it, it's, it, it's jacked up. doesn't work. What works is an understanding that it is by grace that we've been saved. It's through faith that we've been made righteous. And that righteousness that we have been given then yields fruit in the form of good works. Acts of mercy. Service. That's where it comes from. And we are created in Christ Jesus to do those very things. And the Bible goes on to continue. It says, which God prepared in advance for you to do. So that means that your life has a specific purpose in order to do those things that he has designed you to do. So salvation is not something that is predicated on our goodness or what we done in serving others. That's not what salvation is predicated on. What our goodness is predicated on is on what Jesus has done in our lives, period. And our confession of Him as Lord. See, Christ's Lordship is demonstrated in our lives through acts of service. That's how we demonstrate what God's done. The Bible says, Jesus said it, look, the world will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And if you love Jesus, then your life will demonstrate that love and how you care for the suffering. 
how you care for the suffering. Here's the thing. When it comes to serving, which is not easy, by the way, I mean, it, it's, more, it's more than just, you know, coming in and getting things ready for what we do on a Sunday morning. No, I'm talking about daily. I'm talking about something that, I mean, God's called us to live out, flesh out each and every day, whether if it's in the marketplace or in the schoolhouse or, or in the community, wherever God has us, man, God's called us to serve. Now, the serving part is serving, when, you, when it comes to serving the suffering, okay, we can, we can serve each other and because we love one another, because we know one another, and okay, you need something, we can go and help meet that need. But when it takes on a whole new level of, man, there's suffering going on in, in a person's life, serving the suffering is dangerous because it is, it is forcing us to live outside of our comfort zone of self and prejudice. That's what it's doing. When we go to serving the suffering, and listen, I spend time on school campuses. I see suffering in the form of racism. I see suffering in the form of people going without. I, I hear of stories of, of students that are homeless, that are hungry, that are going home without food. I hear and I understand some of these things that are actually taking place in our very own backyard. There are, there are, there are people that are suffering greatly. There are marriages that are on the rocks. People that are dealing with grieving hearts, broken lives. There is suffering that has taken place, and when we begin to engage our lives into those lives, it is messy. It's messy. It's not all this bed of roses and feel good and sounds good. No, God's called us to minister to the hurting and the broken, and that's what the church is built for. Suffering and serving the suffering is dangerous because it's living outside that comfort zone of self and prejudice. Serving the suffering is something that is motivated by love, and it's demonstrated with humility. When you go back to this particular text, and you see that where Jesus is communicating with the righteous, and he's saying, you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and, and, and gets to the very end, and because you did it to the very least of these, you did it unto me. The righteous had no idea that what they were doing was actually serving Jesus himself. So when it comes to serving the suffering, it's an... It's, it's, an it's done with an attitude of humility, not pride. It's done with an attitude of, man, I am do I'm doing this for the Lord Jesus and nobody else. That doesn't matter if anybody sees me. It does not matter what glory I get because at the end of the day, only thing that counts is the glory goes to the Lord. Period. Serving the suffering is motivated by love and it's demonstrated by humility. It's also important to know that serving the suffering is something that doesn't save you, but it is evidence of Christ in you. The righteous in this passage, they were not doing these things in order to be saved. They were not doing these things in order to, uh, to earn a spot in heaven. That's not what they were doing. I mean, they, the righteous were living out their faith 
Because that is who and what the righteous do. They live it out. They serve the suffering. And they do it not for applause. They do it not for pride, not for looking at me. No, the righteous do it because they love Jesus. Period. There's no other reason why they would do that. See, serving the suffering is a test of the heart. Serving the suffering is a test of the soul. Serving the suffering is a test of the mind. Serving the suffering is a test of strength, just like what Jesus talks about. What's the greatest commandment? You're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So when it comes to serving the suffering, that's what we do. It's a demonstration of love. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. And one of the greatest needs that we have in our county is in the area of foster care. There are, and Scott may correct me here in a minute, but there are 125 children in foster care in Barrow County. 125 that are known in foster care. There are 10 families for those 125. A lot of times those children wind up going to other counties. Sometimes those sibling groups are split up. Sometimes those students and children have to be taken out of one school and put into another. It's a very, very serious time in the life of our county when it comes to foster care and foster children. And it's a need that we have. So I have invited um, some people from the Barrow Ministry Village, which is a ministry that we support. Scott, you can come on out. This is Scott Dakin. Scott is um, uh, a captain with the, yes, there he is. He is a captain with uh, the Bear County Emergency Services. Scott and I have known each other for uh, quite a few years now. And, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Scott is on the board with the Bear Ministry Village. And this is a ministry that has been around for a few years. They are experiencing some growth. And they have uh, just, just was given, practically, a new facility uh, to do their ministry out of. And I'm going to let Scott talk a little bit about what Barrow Ministry Village is, what they do, and what we can do as a church to be a part of this particular ministry. Now, it's also important to know this is a ministry that we support financially, and as a, on a monthly basis, and we're um, eventually there, I think the goal is to have like 10 churches um, that are contributing uh, financially to uh, this ministry, and we are one of those. So, Scott, um, what, is, yes, yes, what is your role? And I knew this was going to be fun with you. <laughs> so, what is, what is your role with Bear Ministry Village? Well, I am actually the current president of the Board of Directors for uh, 
Barrow Ministry Village, been in that role for approximately a year and a half now. And really, my, ro- my role is just to watch and be amazed by what God does. Yeah. And I do that well. Yeah, you do. I step aside and say, you got it. And he takes it. Yeah. Now, if you're like, man, he's got a weird accent. He is from Canada. So don't hold that against him. I don't have him. a weird accent. Y'all do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so how did you get plugged into Bear Ministry Village? Well, uh, I have many roles in the, inside the community uh, yeah. through my job. Um, pretty much uh, in Barrow County Emergency Services, everybody knows that the word sucker is across my forehead. <laughs> and if they've got something they don't want to do, send it to Scott. But um, I was actually at the very beginning of it all. Um, when we started looking at it, we brought a few churches and a few organizations together and started looking at what was really needed in the community. And uh, we started in 2011, and, and we started out with doing, uh, amongst other things, we, we had a little foster care store. The clothes were stored in the attic of a church. Who wants to go shopping in the attic of a church? Not me. But we did. We, that was what we were given. That's where we were at. We started doing a mass food distribution. And about two years ago, a board member swallowed, took a swallow because she was nervous saying it, and said, I don't think this is where we're supposed to be. I think we're supposed to focus on the other two aspects. And what we focus on was food, food program, foster care support, and counseling. That little conversation changed the entire time frame of uh, the Barrow Ministry Village to the point that, like he said, we just opened up a store. We have a, uh, some of you that have been around Barrow County for a while know Dr. Souther's office. We took over Dr. Souther's office. He, he has given us an incredible deal. He supports us, like, unbelievably. And, uh, you know, half of it is a foster care store and half of it is a counseling, session, counseling center. So uh, we opened up in February. And just to uh, beginning of February, we had our grand opening. And uh, Spencer was spending there. He can tell you it's incredible to walk into a room full of clothes that are sorted nicely, they're kept nice, and I, you know, we, we have one rule, we tell all of our volunteers, when you're sorting clothes, if you wouldn't put it on your child, we're not putting it on a foster care child. Just because they're in foster care doesn't mean we give them rags. Hmm. And we've actually had people that have gone out and bought new clothes to donate, which is incredible. And uh, so we've got half of that. We went, in January, we, we actually started counseling a little bit at the center, uh, we were just kind of hodgepodge, you know, r- room here, room there. But now we got the center with three counselors in it already, plus an intern. We went from averaging 20 counseling sessions to 44 counseling sessions in January. Yeah. So mm. it's a need. Is that, is that just children? Or is that? No, that's adults and adult children. Okay. Uh, we, the, the counseling aspect of it, we have counselors that are special. We have a counselor that is specialized in in women, because, well, I won't say why. <laughs> joking. But he is joking. <laughs> Please don't shoot him right now. <laughs> but we have, we have a, a, a counselor that really specializes. We have a counselor that specializes in children. And, and Anne is a counselor that takes those children that nobody else wants to deal with because the issues are too much. Mm-hmm. And she takes those children and works with them and does incredible things for them. And then we also have just gotten a grant from uh, VOCA, which is Victims of, children, of Criminal Activity, children, 
victims of criminal activity, and that allows us to actually give counseling to people that have suffered some criminal activity against us. Mm -hmm. um, so we, it, it's incredible to see what God is doing through that. And, and I say God, because I'll be honest with you, we wrote the VOCA grant, last, the end of last year, we submitted a VOCA grant going, you know, this is just to get us on the radar. We don't expect to even be looked at. We're just getting on the radar, so when we really write the grant, we'll get it. We prayed over it as a board, which is incredible. It's one of the few boards I'm on that actually sits and prays every meeting. But we prayed over it, submitted it. They called us back and gave us every penny. Wow. How much was that? Uh, a little over $46,000. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yep. So incredible work being done by God. So when you're talking about counseling, what are some of the, and, and if you don't know, that's, that's okay. Um, what, are some of the, what are some of the issues that some of those children and, and adults uh, are facing that they need counseling for? Well, I, I will tell you one of the things that go hand in hand with the foster care. Can you imagine being seven, eight years old? And it don't matter where you live. And it doesn't matter what life you live in. It could be deplorable conditions according to our thoughts. But it's everything that child knew. Mm -hmm. That's all that child knew was that lifestyle. And now all of a sudden that child is yanked out of that lifestyle, yanked away from his parents, yanked away from siblings at times, shipped to a county that could be down on the Florida coast because there's only 10 families here. That's going to, I don't know about you, but that's going to create issues for me so we deal with that kind of counseling we deal with kids that have just you know depression we've got we've got children we, we've got children that have had suicidal thoughts we have adults we have a lady that came in this week uh, uh, and I won't name names of course but we had a lady that came in this week that was the victim of uh, sexual abuse 42 years ago and never dealt with it and it affected every day of her life mm -hmm. because she had nowhere to go to deal with it. Barrow Ministry Village offers that spot for her because the way we work it is on a sliding scale. We have a counselor that we are in contract with. It's on a sliding scale. If you can't afford zero, then the Ministry Village will pay for everything. If you afford $5, then you pay five, we pay the rest. So that's where your finances are going is to stuff like that. And it's incredible to have you all partnered with us. I, we really do appreciate it. So, well, it, it's an honor to be able to, to do that and to be a part of um, the Barrow Ministry Village. And I know that for us and our church, our desire is to do more than just, you know, hand over a check or anything like that. We're going to want to do some things that are that are that are more hands-on when we i want to get to that though in just a mm -hmm. second as far as what can we do from a hands-on stand, uh, standpoint uh, us oh because you i could use your thoughts oh i could too here <laughs> yeah um what are you what are you saying we've already kind of hit on you know the number of foster children the number of foster families and that may be the biggie you know, in terms of what you're seeing in terms of needs in, in our county. But what are, what are some other things, and, and maybe even go into a little bit more depth with the, the 125 children, the 10 families, what are you say, seeing in Barrow County regarding uh, specific needs for foster care? Well, foster care, we're, what, one thing that we will, as we go along, we're going to start focusing on trying to help 
develop foster parents. But by, do, by doing that, what we're talking about is not just developing the parent, but developing the support system for the parent. Because as a foster parent, you, you, if you don't have a support system, you, can you imagine being stuck with your children 24 hours a day? <laughs> so we want to develop that support system so you get nights out. If you need, you know, we'll have people bring food in once a month, once a week, or whatever, and developing all that kind of stuff, driving the children if they need it to, to a, appointments and stuff like that. And the other area that you have to think of, we just had a phone call that we were able to help with, of course, and we try very hard. Sometimes it's finances. We had a foster fa a foster child that was brought into foster care uh, about three months ago. She is turning 16 and has never had a birthday party. <laughs> That'll be taken care of. Yeah. She's having a birthday party, and we're gonna make sure she has a good one. Because here's one thing that, that I, I pray for, for the foster children. You have to realize, like I said, in a lot of situations, these children are coming out of homes that are not good. And I, I'm not saying that they're coming from the trailer park, or they're coming from the hoods, or whatever you wanna call it. You get foster kids coming out of places like Chateau Alana Georgia Club too because parents there don't know what they're doing sometimes. But the one thing I want to do is make sure that these foster kids know there's something more. There's something more out there in this world. There's something more out there for heaven. There's just something more. And we want to build that into their heart and educate them that way too. That you know what? Life does not have to be that bad. This was a horrible circumstance but we want to make this something better for you. So the need for foster families is huge. 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 What would be some next steps if anybody was interested in being a part of that support system? Maybe not, you know, you, you, we may have some that are called a foster, a child, or yep. two, or three, or however many. But then we also have others that are, that could provide that support structure. How can those people get involved? Well, there's a couple of different things that we look for. Uh, of course, we're looking for volunteers at the store. That'll help us. We're looking for volunteers in other areas too. But what, when, as we build this program, uh, the DFAC system requires anybody that deals with foster children to have training. The level of training depends on how much you deal with. We, I would like, what I'd like to, our next, I'm praying over and our board is, wor is talking about, one of the next steps that I'd like to do is start lining up trained babysitters. So it's a phone call. Hey, I need somebody to watch the kids. Or, you know, we'd love to have, if you have the opportunity, there is, it, there's a lot of training that goes into it, but respite care is incredibly needed. The, the respite care, you're only gonna have the child for a day or two. It might be while the foster family's away, uh, or it might be, hey, you know what, we took, a, we took these three kids in and we have nowhere to go with them for a day or two, can you put them up for the night? Because right now, when a child is taken into custody, you could have four or five of them, they sit in the defects office all day long, they sit in an office and just sit there. And when night comes, they do one of two things depending on the finances of the state at the time. And I'll be brutally honest, it really does depend on the finances. They either sleep in the office or they go to a motel room. They get up in the morning, they come out of the motel room and they go back to the office and they sit. And that's their life until they can find a place to put them because there's not enough foster care parents and there's not enough foster care group homes either. 
It's a, it's a rough life. Um, who would they need to, would they need to see you? Would they need to see don't you? See Beck, me. Don't see you. Don't see me. Don't see you. I know I'm good looking and you want to, but don't <laughs> see me. No, um, to be honest with you, uh, the lady that was supposed to be here, Becky Lee, is an incredible woman, incredible Christian woman. Wow. She blows my mind sometimes with what she does. She's our executive director and she will be able to connect you in so many different ways. Um, she would have been here today. My apologies and her apologies. Uh, we do need, if you're, when you pray, pray for her and her family. Uh, they are putting her mother-in-law in hospice care. So it's, you know, end of life kind of stuff. So I told her, you know what, don't worry about it. I'll take care of this. I can deal with Spencer. Oof. She'll pray for me too. <laughs> but if you contact Becky Lee at the Barrow Ministry Village, and there are pamphlets we got at the back. There's a sign-up sheet. If you sign up and looking for ways to volunteer, she will contact you and come up with different ways. This is growing, y'all. It is unbelievable where this is going to be. I can't wait to see what God does next year and the year after. I really can't. We've got so many things in our head that God's opening up to us, and it's like, wow, really? Can we do that? And then we realize, wait a minute, no, we can't. But God can. And once, once we give that control to him, it's unbelievable where we'll end up. Before, uh, before we pray for the Barry Ministry Village, we've got one more question for you. What are, what are some immediate needs that y'all have right now? Um, well, of course, clothing is always a need. Uh, simple things. Uh, shampoo. Uh, hygiene products. Feminine hygiene products. You name it, the simple things in life. These folks don't even, a lot of, there are times where the kids come into the foster care with the shirt on their back and that's it. Nothing else. And in case you're wondering, you will not make, now I say pray about it and if God calls you to be a foster parent, do it. Because you will be blessed and rewarded beyond your wildest imagination. But you will not be blessed financially. To be a foster parent, you get $15 a day. I don't know about you, but I can't raise a kid for $15 a day. Clothe them, school them, everything else? No. Or if I did, then, well, guess what? <laughs> the kid would end up in foster care mm. for neglect. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, it's just ways to help out. We could, use, we could always use clothes. And I'll be honest with you. Guys, male clothes. We could really use some male clothes because... And, and, and doing this store has opened up my eyes to some things. You walk in, well, walk into any store. And, of course, you know, three-quarters of it is women clothing. And then one little bitty corner over there is men's because, you know, that's all it is. But women, don't take this wrong. I'm not trying to be mean. But think about it. In all honesty, there are, there are girls out there and women out there that will buy an outfit, wear it three times, and that's it. Guys, I'm wearing this shirt till there's no thread left. So I have nothing to donate. I have to buy new. I wear my jeans till they're done. I mean, you know, guys are guys. We wear t-shirts and jeans a lot of times. And we wear them until there's nothing left. So there's nothing to donate. Girls are great because they wear that outfit two or three, four times, five times, and they donate it. It's like new. So there's a lot of stuff for them to choose from. But in the guys, it, it, if you want, when you come up to the foster care store, and I do invite you all up, come on up and go, walk, go for a walk through. It'll blow your mind that, that how much more stuff the girls have. But that's not saying we don't need girl stuff, because we do. 
we want to give these guys, as, the foster kids, as much as they need in clothing. Five, six, seven outfits. And when you start doing that, that clothes dwindles down pretty quick. And it's not just for young children. This no. is for this is for middle school, high school. That's I mean, it's everybody. Okay. Yep. It's all yep. ages. And we'll keep Spencer in the loop as we grow. There's there's things that we're we're wanting to do. One of the thing one of the things that God laid on my heart, and I'm trying to look at, is uh, you know, what what child out there doesn't love prom? I didn't when I was a high schooler, but then that's different. But prom's coming up, right? Foster care. We get a, I, I want to put it out to the foster parent. If we have a child, if you have a, a, a boy or a girl that wants to go to foster, to prom, let us know. I want to line it up so we get some formal dresses for them. I want to line it up so we get hairdressers that will volunteer their time to do their hair, their makeup, all that stuff. Let these kids go in and be the, the queen of the prom. Mm. That's good. That's good. Well, I know that uh, as, soon as, we're, as soon as we're wrapped up today, as soon as you leave, there is going to be at our next steps table uh, some information about Barry Ministry Village. Uh, there's some sign-up sheets. There's some flyers. There's also a wish list of things that they need. Uh, feel free to take that. Uh, if, you, if you're interested in volunteering, uh, just because you sign on that list doesn't mean that you're, that you're in. It'll just mean that Becky Lee is going to reach out to you and begin that relationship with you. And, and help you get connected uh, more uh, from a physical and tangible standpoint with uh, the Bear Ministry Village. You may know somebody that uh, is in need of counseling. Uh, maybe they're fostering. Maybe they have some needs that they have going on and they need to tap into the counseling aspect or they need some clothing and they need some foster care support. Anything like that, okay, uh, just put your name down and then Becky will be in touch uh, with you so one other quick thing yep the foster care store is also open to one other group of people that you would be surprised how many fit into this category is grandparents that are taking care of their grandchildren yeah and that's a big number too and y'all are also doing some food assistance yes. with those families yes, correct we are doing food assistance with some of the elderly and different areas like that as well so there is a needs list and, and Donate what you can. Yeah. Well, let me pray for you, Scott, and pray for Barrier Ministry Village as, uh, as we begin to wrap up our service today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your presence in this place. God, I thank you for uh, the Barrier Ministry Village. I thank you that you have allowed Statham Community Church to be a, uh, to be a partner with uh, this organization. Uh, thank you, God, that what we believe and what you have called us to do aligns with what they are doing. And God, I ask that uh, as we have heard from Scott, that Lord, there may be some people here that need to take some next steps in, in terms of just serving and, and getting plugged in or maybe wanting to, uh, to give or uh, to provide some clothes for some young boys and young girls and, uh, and maybe even that part with helping them out at, at prom. Uh, God, whatever it may be, uh, God, show that to us and may we be able to be a part of supporting uh, foster families in Barrow County. Uh, God, give us the strength, uh, Lord, to step into serving the suffering, knowing that it's going to get us out of our comfort zones of self and prejudice. And help us, Father, to 
to, to use this as a demonstration of our love for you and our love for your people. Uh, so, Father, we know that your heart is, is directed to the orphan. Your heart is for the orphan. Your heart is for uh, that family. And, and God, if that is your heart, then that needs to be the heartbeat of us as a church where we are built to offer hope to the suffering. God, we love you and we thank you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Um, as we begin to wrap up today, I want to invite you to take your next steps card. And you may have some, some prayer requests in in your life that you want to share with us as a church and a church staff. Um, trust me in this, that if those need to be remain confidential, we will keep those confidential and share those with just those uh, on our staff. Um, or if you have any spiritual decisions that you make today, that's a great spot to uh, indicate that decision and, uh, and drop that in the offering basket when it goes by in just a few minutes. So as you consider what God is leading you to do, I want to pray for you and, um, and then Wade will come and, and lead us out in our offertory and, um, and then we'll be dismissed here in just a few moments. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the courage that you give us to, to step out in faith and to serve the suffering. And God, I thank you that you have given us that strength in the power of your spirit to be that global witness until Jesus comes back. That's our timeline, so it doesn't stop. So, Father, thank you that we have this opportunity. I pray for these here today that need to make that next step in their faith, maybe a prayer request, maybe a, uh, a commitment that you're leading them to make, and I pray that you would give them that courage to do that and drop that information in the basket when it goes by, and then we'll be able to follow up and help them take those next steps. Lord, we love you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.